and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture, and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. I'm back! I had a lovely little week off doing very little. I've been churning through indie cosy games for the last week, which has been really nice. If you want to know what I've been playing, I posted them on Twitter a few days ago. But the joy of cosy games is that they are very easy to get achievements with, and I am a true achievement hunter. So it's been very fulfilling. I'm hoping to get them all finished before I start Baldur's Gate 3, which I know will consume my life once I start it. Anyway, this week though, we're going to look at a monster who's featured in many video games themselves, as well as other modern media. Yes, we are staying local and we're looking at the British folklore figure, the Boggart. So what is a Boggart? I know exactly what most people are going to say. And it's a wardrobe-dwelling monster who transforms into your biggest fear. Well, that's not true. And it's important we debunk this sooner rather than later in this episode, because it has nothing to do with the monster you've seen in all the Harry Potter content. The Bogger is an English monster, much like the others in Harry Potter, but it has much deeper roots within British folklore than they get into within those books and within that media. I will also stress here that I'm saying British, as it just generally feels more inclusive, but this monster is specifically English, and there are other ones like this one in other countries within Britain, and I'll talk about the names for them later. The Boggart, though, is a malevolent spirit, who tend to live in marshes and swamps, but can get into households to create mischief for the inhabitants. They are generally described as being ugly, goblin-looking creatures. If you've ever seen the 1986 movie Labyrinth, they kind of look like the character Hoggle. They are usually quite scruffy and hairy in their appearance, and tend to be around three or four foot tall, with long, shaggy hair, big eyes and teeth. It's sometimes said that they can take the form of animals such as horses and cows, but they are most likely to be found in a humanoid-like form. There are also some reports of Boggarts reporting to another creature, a satyr or demon, but depends on where you're from in England for that one. Location is actually really important to Boggarts, and to the people who tell their tales. They are most likely to be found in swampy areas, which were more widespread in Britain before industrialisation, but they were also known for living under bridges, holes in the ground or on dangerous bends in the road. A common cautionary tale around these marshes was that if you ever got lost, a boggart would take you and you would never return. The most common areas for boggarts within England are Lancashire, Yorkshire, Northumberland and Lincolnshire, making them a much more northern monster, so they're obviously more likely to sing Don't Look Back in Anger at you. But all northerner jokes aside, it's actually really important to their history and origin about the fact that they are northern, so we'll get back into this later in our more historical section. If they did get into your house, speaking of location, they would cause absolute mayhem, 
mainly because they would see you as their captor, even if they made it into the house themselves of their own free will. They would move things so you wouldn't find them, turn milk and dairy products sour, cause mould, animals to go lame, as well as just generally being a pest. They would also steal your bedsheets whilst you were sleeping, or put their clammy hands on your face whilst you were sleeping and pull your ears. And they would also follow the family wherever they went, even if they ended up abandoning the house because of the boggart, and they would almost become like a family curse. In the most extreme cases, they would abduct children. However, this was more likely when they were actually in marshes and were mostly attributed as the swamp boogeymen in order to scare children away from areas where they might drown or get lost. The funniest fact I have about boggarts is that actually if you found out their name, it could be considerably worse in terms of its mischief and would become completely uncontrollable and destructive to the house. This is all to do with the true name myth that we have with fairies in folklore, that if you give your name to one, that they have full power over you. For example, the tale of Rumpelstiltskin is a really good one, and the bogger is no different. Now, whilst we don't know very much about their genders, although it is assumed that they are all male, and whether they eat or they die, it's said that if you mistreat a fairy, sprite or brownie, all other English folklore creatures, they could transform into a bogger and curse your family with their presence. However, one way to get rid of them would be to hang a horseshoe on the door of the house and to leave a pile of salt outside each bedroom, which should keep the bogger away, and they'll eventually get bored and go back to their marshy home. As they are spirits, we have to assume that they can't die, but they can be banished just like any other English spirit. Now, for etymology, the word boggart is an old English word derived from the word pusel, meaning puck, which is a common name for a fairy or sprite here in the UK, but has its origins within Celtic languages such as Welsh, Irish, Cornish and Scottish, as well as the Old Norse, who obviously had a big influence on Britain through a close location and the Viking invasions during the medieval times. But the actual word puck and its etymology is completely lost to time, which is really sad, but we know of it as a fairy over here, and this has been immortalised by Shakespeare using it for the name of his mischievous hobgoblin in his play Midsummer Night's Dream. I did say that there were other names for this monster elsewhere in the UK too, because of course we are made up of four different countries, such as Boggle in Scotland, Puka in Irish, and Bugwa in Welsh, all meaning the same thing. With the Welsh, no idea how to pronounce it, so sorry, couldn't find anyone to help me with it, I don't know anyone who speaks Welsh, so it was an attempt, I must say. It's spelt B-W-G-A, so that was my attempt. Thank you very much. In terms of history, this one is a little bit more complicated though. The first mention I could actually find of a boggart was a picture drawn in 1851. However, boggarts are a type of household spirit, which we would link to a hobgoblin here. Hobgoblins have been around in English folklore from around 1530, but to be honest, they were most likely around for much longer through word of mouth, to even make it into text of any kind at that time. Therefore, we can kind of make the same time assumption with boggarts too. 
Before we go into some stories about boggets though, we need to circle back to the location aspect and how their geography impacted their existence at the time. In the 1500s, England was in the Tudor times, with Henry VIII on the throne. He is obviously one of our most famous monarchs. Most of the country is debating whether to be Catholic or the newly created Protestant religion, but most importantly, this monster is Northern English. Now, back in the 1500s, a lot of the land was still moors, marshes and swamps, up from the Midlands as to as far as the borders of Scotland, making this land completely uninhabitable, but still useful for labourers such as pitch farmers, which is where the labouring workforce comes from. It's very much an up north thing. Some of these marshes still exist, but most now have been rectified for housing, of course. With the amount of inhabitable and unsafe land, though, especially for children back in these days, it makes sense that these monsters were most prevalent within these areas as more of a deterrent to curious children who could very easily drown within this environment with absolutely no hope of rescue. The biggest area we actually have now that's marshland are the actual fens, which means marsh in Lincolnshire, which is in the East Midlands, I would say, but the Boggart myth still seems to be very prevalent within the North in Yorkshire and Lancashire too. Now, for some Boggart stories, I have two of them, and they are both very fun. The first is of the farmer and the Boggart, which is from Lincolnshire, and talks of a farmer coming to a deal with a Boggart that he can choose a part of the crop that grows below or above the ground of his farm for him to keep. The Boggart first chooses the part below the ground, and so the farmer plants barley, leaving the Boggart with nothing but stubble in the end. The second time, the Boggart chooses above the ground, and the farmer plants potatoes, leaving the Boggart with nothing. Lastly, the Boggart and the farmer come to an accord with a wheat field, and the farmer telling the Boggart that he can have half of the field if he reaps it. However, the farmer plants iron rods throughout the Boggart's half, which blunts his scythe as he tries to reap it, and the farmer ends up reaping the lot. The second story is of the Grizzlehurst Boggart, which is from Lancashire, and this was an elderly couple who were interviewed by an author in the 1860s and told him that a boggart was buried at a bend in the road near their house, alongside a cockerel with a stake driven through it. Even though it was dead and buried, it still caused havoc, including slamming their doors at night, laughing loudly, and having three blue candles lit outside, with its two red glowing eyes looking at the woman. They would find cloven hoof marks in the grass the next day, and they claimed that the bogger also released their horse and overturned their cart on occasion too. The old man stressed that no one should ever name the bogger and that he would never dig near its grave. And that's about it for the stories. They're proper old English cautionary tales, so I really love them. But in terms of real-life comparisons and mythical comparisons, we can certainly link them to poltergeists, especially with this last story. However, the link to a boogeyman figure is also quite prevalent due to the swamp-warning nature of this story. Probably the most relevant thing that we can link them to, though, is fairies, goblins and brownies, all of which come under the traditional fae from English folklore. This is quite common around Europe as well as the UK, with tales such as Rumpelstiltskin coming from Germany as a grim tale, 
but you can definitely see the fairy influence with the names, as well as the general household nuisance of brownies and goblins. There are also a few English boogeymen figures, like the Boggart, that haunt specific places, such as Black Annis in the Midlands, Jenny Greenteeth or Peg Powler acting as deterrents to dangerous landscapes they haunt for children and travellers, and the Boggart is no exception to this. We will cover all of these others in separate episodes. I actually did a Black Annis episode not too long ago if you do want to check out more on this figure. There's not really any real-life comparisons for this one. I can't think of anything other than spooky poltergeists that could be linked to this, and even they are debatable within the ghost and paranormal communities. But it's a good little comparison in the loosest terms of confirmed existing things. For a few real-life tidbits, though, there are a few places in England you can visit that are named after boggarts such as Boggart Hole Clough in Manchester, which is a massive park. This has a Boggart story actually attached, that a local farmer and his family were forced to leave their home due to Boggart torment, and when they tried to leave, they ended up hearing the Boggart within their possessions, and they knew they would never escape it. So they actually went back and lived with it in that same house. The place is still super famous for Boggart sightings even now. There are also Boggart stones on the Saddleworth Moors, which are unfortunately famous for the Moors murders, and unfortunately one of the bodies was actually discovered right next to the stones. There's a Boggart Bridge in Burnley, Lancashire, Boggle Hole in Scarborough, which was the name of a local hobgoblin and it was used by smugglers, and lastly on Puck, one of the moons of Uranus. There is a crater called Boggle, and the rest of the system there is named after mischievous spirits from folklore too, which I think is the best thing ever. Now, on to modern media. There are actually barely anything for Boggarts themselves, but the very few that they are in are massive deals. However, what I've done is I've put some nasty household sprite media in here too, It feels very specific here, but it's probably the best match for this. For art though, there are very few images of Boggarts that are not independent, even though they are quite an old folklore monster, but there are some fantastic D&D inspired artwork pieces of them, so do go and check them out. In movies we have Seventh Son, Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, The Spiderwick Chronicles and Winnie the Pooh. For TV, we have Kamen Rider Wizard, One Piece, Dead Like Me, Fairly Odd Parents, Rocco's Modern Life, South Park, Teen Titans Go, The Treacle People, and Hilda. In video games, we have ones such as Hogwarts Legacy, Lego Harry Potter, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, the whole Harry Potter video game series, The Witcher, The Sims, Pokemon, Two Who Project, and Yo-Kai Watch. And my book recommendation this week is for A Treasury of British Folklore, Maypoles, Mandrakes and Mistletoe by Dee Dee Cheney. It's one of my favourite series. She actually has two, one on British folklore within Woodland and one within the seas. So I really recommend these for British folklore. And there's also Fairies, Elves and Goblins, The Old Stories by Rosalind Curvin for some more specific tales about fae and fairies in the UK. But now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I'm honestly a bit unsure about this one. It might be because this one's a little closer to home, 
and we English are pretty crazy about fae in certain circles. I grew up believing that fairies were very real, and that you should never answer your own name in a wooded area, step into a ring of mushrooms or flowers at the risk of annoying some fairies or brownies. So this one just isn't too far-fetched for me. But I think the thing that keeps me thinking it's a no is the sheer size of these monsters, and just generally how they look. They just seem too big to be able to get away with it, and I'm just picturing Hoggle from Labyrinth. What I do like is the idea that way back when, that we would rather believe in a child-sized goblin breaking in and causing a ruckus, rather than something like a poltergeist. I like to think that's because the English are still quite in touch with their pagan roots somewhere, but it might just be because we're very traditional like that. When I think of Boggarts, of course I think of Harry Potter, because who doesn't? But I also think of one of my favourite games of all time, which is Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. It's all based around British and Celtic folklore, and Boggarts in this are little wooded masked fellows who roll into you to attack. They are very cute until they poison you, but that's what I think of. But what do you think? Did the bogger inhabit British houses and cause mischief back then? Let me know on Twitter, I would love to know what you think. A super interesting monster this week that has changed so recently to something completely different all through modern media. It is a wild one, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I do love covering traditional British folklore myths. They are so fun, and it really does invoke something so patriotic in me, if anything. But next week, speaking of patriotism, we're heading over to the US and looking at a cryptid that is the icon of a small town in Wisconsin. Yes, it is the Hodag. Get ready to learn all about this weird local legend that has its name on buildings, has statues dedicated to it, and even their local football team next Thursday. For now though, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter, or X as I should call it, for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, and you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes.